Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hi, fellow listeners, and welcome to episode 19 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Today, I'm going to be picking the brain of Jan Ilanga. Yan is the host of The 360 Entrepreneur, which was featured as the number one podcast show on iTunes. Yan has interviewed some of the biggest names in the podcast industry and has been listed as one of the top 100 marketers to follow on Twitter. He has also been ranked number five in the list of top 50 influencers in new business podcasts. And now he is organizing the largest virtual summit for podcasters called the Podcast Success Summit. Jan, welcome to the show, and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Hey, Daniel. How's it going? Well, <laughs> it's going great, Jan, and I'll tell you something. I'm especially excited for this episode because I think I have a lot to learn as a newbie podcaster. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But before we get into the power of podcasting and why our listeners should be starting their own podcast, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what it was like growing up? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm, as some people may detect, I have a macaroni accent because I'm, I'm from the Italian speaking part of Switzerland. I've been living in Helsinki, Finland for almost five years now, but I was born in Switzerland. I did all my studies there. I, I Hold on one second. You were born in Switzerland on the Italian side? In the, yeah, in the Italian speaking so, part. So you know Lugano? Lugano? Yeah, that's where I that's where I did my bachelor's at the no Università way. della Svizzera Italiana in Lugano, baby. No way, man! My father's from Lugano. My father grew up in Lugano. That's where he was born and raised. Awesome, man! Yeah, yeah. I'm from a city called Locarno, which is maybe half an hour drive from Lugano. Oh man, I love the way. You, can you repeat that? I mean, the, you, the Locarno. Yeah, yeah. And and you see, I really it's so that for me. When I, even though I speak English, the name of the city is an Italian name, so I, I don't say yeah. Locarno, but I say Locarno. <laughs> That's the name I love it. It's so nice. The way it rolls off the tongue, Locarno. I can't even do it. It's annoying. You're going to have to teach <laughs> It's wonderful. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, so I grew up there in Locarno. I, I did my, as I said, my bachelor's at the university in Lugano, and I studied communication. So I have a bachelor's degree in, uh, in communication, and then I started to work in the journalistic world. After my studies, I wanted to to kind of take a break also because in Switzerland we have to go to the army. So I went to the army and after that I went for kind of a, a long stay in Canada. So I live in Toronto, Canada for about six months. Mm-hmm. And after that, I came back to Switzerland. I was thinking about doing a master's. Originally, I wanted to do it in Canada because I loved it a lot. But the tuition fee for international students were like crazy. So I said to myself, right. well, okay, I'm going to... Actually, sorry, I got things mixed up because I went to the army and then I went to Canada and then I was looking for my bachelor's, so not the master. And Canada was too expensive, so I thought, well, okay, I'm going to do the bachelor's in Switzerland and then when it's time for the master's, I'll look for something abroad if I find something that isn't so expensive. So I did my bachelor's there and after that, I I took a year off the studies. So I spent some time working and then I did a two-month road trip with a very good friend of mine. So in Two months, we visited maybe like 12 countries or something like that around Europe. Wow. Yeah. So the first month, we actually drove. So from Switzerland to France, Spain, Portugal, Belgium, the Netherlands. And then in the second part of the trip, we, we, we flew. So we went to England, Ireland, Scotland, and then up north in Scandinavia. So that's when, when, I, meet, when I met my fiance. And then while I was on the, on the trip with my friend, I was obviously looking at cities I liked. And I was looking at the master's program they had. So I found some mm. options. Helsinki had a good one. So... I came here, I finished my master's here, and then it's so that while I was doing my master's, I worked at a, at a newspaper, so again, my background in journalism, my major was in communication and, and media, and then it's so that when I came here, I was thinking, okay, it would be quite fun to start my own thing, and I was thinking, okay, but where to start from? Because, you know, new country, your network locally is basically zero, right. so I had an experience where back in Switzerland, I worked at a music festival for, I think, three years. 
So because of I speak, uh, now I speak five languages. Back then I spoke four. So because of that, I was really able to do quite many things from radio interviews and translations to video interviews, uh, written interviews, really all kinds of things. So I thought, okay, I already have connections in the music industry. And that's specifically what I, was a jazz festival. So I was like, okay, I already know people in the jazz sphere. Why not to leverage that? So I started a blog and then I, I came across this thing called podcasting. I got fascinated by it. I listened to a few episodes and started to get excited. And I thought so to what myself... Year is, sorry, what year is this, Jan? Uh, this was 2014 when I came across podcasting. It's only two years ago. This is quite fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. I'm. I'm a relatively young kid, <laughs> 28. Huh. Yes, yeah, so, okay. yeah, yes, I am. So I thought to myself, okay, it'd be quite interesting to start podcasting. So that's kind of when I started. So with the music business, but then I thought to myself, okay, I was, you know, listening to all these entrepreneurs and digital marketers and all these kind of people. So I thought, okay, it would be quite fun to be able to pick their brains, right? To <laughs> talk with them for a while. But hey, I've, I've, music... got that, I've got that trademarked. You can't just say that without, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, having a music business podcast obviously wasn't really a good ground for, for digital marketers who may have nothing to do with music. So I decided to, to start a podcast and then I really focused and, and really built a business. So now I have two podcasts because I still have the, the jazz spotlight. That's what it's called. And I have, like you said, the 360 entrepreneur that that's kind of my, where my focus is on. And also the name of my company is the 360 entrepreneur. So I've really kind of leveraged podcasting to obviously network, get on the radar of influencers, and then build the business. And now, like you said, in the intro, I'm also organizing the world's largest podcasting virtual summit. So I've been quite busy. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I, let me, just for people listening in, was it difficult to start the podcast? And also, I, I mean, I'm going to tell you this myself, but how many times did, it, did you have to redo your first podcast episode? Be honest. Yeah. So in terms of Starting a podcast, it can be relatively easy, but there is a, but there is a trap. And then I'll answer to the second part of your question because starting a podcast per se, it isn't so complicated. But the problem is that you really have to have a solid foundation because you know getting a microphone and those kind of things, everybody can can learn how to do that, how to record an interview like we are doing. But if you look at iTunes, you see that there are quite many shows, even some that are three, four, five years old, that they published five, six, seven episodes, and then that's it. So those are the shows that I'm pretty sure launched with no problem, but because the foundation behind the podcast and probably also behind the business wasn't solid, they stopped podcasting. To answer to your question, I actually remember at the top of my head, I had to record episode zero only two times. And the reason no why way. is that, yes, and the reason why is that in that episode, I simply wanted to say, and I'm talking about the jazz spotlight, so my very first ep, like podcast right. episode ever, is simply because in that episode, I, I wanted to say to people what they could expect from the show. So, you know, it was relatively easy. <laughs> I kind of had it scraped down with some bullet points. So <laughs> I didn't sweat it so much, I have to admit. Right, right. I think I did it about 17 times. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. It was like, I, st I put on record, I said, hello, my name, oh, fudge. And I went back, like, every two seconds, it was, it was ridiculous. But now, you know, I think it's just about getting used to being on live and just, just doing it, you know, just going with Absolutely. it. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Do you think do you think everybody listening to this should start a podcast? Do you think everybody should be doing that? Well, that's a great question, Daniel. And I think that the answer really lies in every single person who is here with you and I. Obviously, when I talk about leveraging the power of podcasting, I mean from both sides of the coin. So it can be as a podcaster, but even as somebody who wants to be featured on other people's shows, and that's something we can touch on if you want. But in terms of really being a podcaster, there are quite many advantages. But again, it's really about the mindset and really what you want to achieve with your podcast. Podcast. Because if your goal is, I want to make a million bucks in a month, mm -hmm. what happens with that kind of mindset is, it's not going to happen. 
Sorry, but that's the truth. So then you're going to start to feel discouraged. And after a few weeks or maybe a couple of months, you're going to just drop your podcast down the drain and that's it. But if you have a different mindset where, for example, and I can tell you my mindset for the 360 entrepreneur, it was I want to be able to really connect with these influencers. So that's the reason, the very first reason why I started a podcast. And you see something like networking, it's something we can work on all the time. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying that everybody should start a podcast to connect, but they they should really pay attention to their why. That's the, that's the you know the core question. And obviously there are a bunch of advantages. So if people are listening to you and I, Daniel, maybe let's say they have a blog. Having a blog is great. However, listening to a podcast or having a podcast really helps like strengthen the human connection because people can hear our voices, they can hear my funny accent, they can hear us laugh, <laughs> they can hear the two of us saying Locarno, Lugano. <laughs> and, and you know, but and this helps building the human connection. But behind a blog, behind text, this would be very difficult. And one could argue, well, but then what about video? And video is definitely the ultimate medium, you know, if we don't consider face-to-face interaction where people can also see us. However, in terms of consumption, the problem is that you can't really, or at least you shouldn't watch a video when you're driving or (laughs) out for a jog or something like that. Whereas with a podcast, since it's audio only, you can pretty much listen to a podcast 24-7, regardless of what you do, really. Right, right. A hundred percent. And, you know, I really love what you said before about networking, because a lot of people miss this. You know, my wife, I'm serious, like not a day goes by that she doesn't say, how are you going to make money with this podcast? You know, but the, the bottom line is, is it's not necessarily just about making money with the podcast, but it's about the people that we're getting to meet and network with by having a podcast. I mean, I had Peter Shankman on my Mm -hmm. show in the last episode. Peter's a very busy guy. Um, right. <laughs> very, very successful. And, you know, to have 25 minutes with Peter, you'd have to pay a pretty penny to be able exactly. to have that. Now, I, I got that for free. I got to be able to speak to Peter Shankman for almost half an hour for free because I have a podcast show and he's happy mm-hmm. to come on the podcast. So that obviously it helps his brand and, and it, you know, amplifies his personal brand. And right. it's the same thing with all the other guests that we're able to get. I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but how you've got some of the biggest names in this <laughs> space. And right. it's incredible that you're able to have that connection. And, and I would say that people listening to this, you know, if you're in certain different industries, business industries, if you have your own podcast, you can literally rise to the top in terms of becoming the expert ambassador in your industry because you've got your own quote-unquote radio show. Right. And, you're able to interview the experts in your industry and pick their brains and really find out what they're doing and and just creating a connection, which which is invaluable. It's priceless. Yeah, Um, and can I add one thing, Daniel, that I think really helps people understand because obviously you're right that, you know, the kind of money side of of things is important if we're in business. And to put things into perspective, I can tell, we have said it, the Podcast Success Summit is is the largest virtual summit for podcasters. There are over 70 speakers. And I can tell you with no problem that most of those speakers are people who I originally connected to or connected with through my podcast so you see where the connection we you know we started with an interview in most cases and now it was to this i reached out to them i said hey would you i'm i'm thinking of organizing this summit would you be interested in being part of the event and the people say yes and obviously there is also a monetary component to a summit so you see that if you're really strategic about how you do things there are ways to profit from a podcast and definitely i'm i'm happy daniel later on we can talk a little bit more about some of these strategies that people can implement if maybe somebody already has a podcast and is thinking about monetization. A hundred percent. We'll get into that. How long do you spend, by the way, producing and, ed- and, and editing one episode? That's a good question. It, it really depends because I have an hybrid podcast. So the 360 Entrepreneur started as an interview-based show only twice a week for about 79 episodes or 78, if I remember correctly. And then I really started to understand that people wanted to know People wanted more of me because, sure, I had all these great podcasters, entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, but I was the common denominator because I was always there episode after episode. So now I have a hybrid show 
where I have still doing interviews, but I also have the solo sessions, which is just me talking, focusing on a very specific topic each episode. And those episodes are usually 10 to 15 minutes long. And the interviews are usually around half an hour. So in terms of, of the editing, and I often do the editing myself, what I, what I do is I listen to the interview once. And once, uh, you know, I kind of clean if there is a part that needs to be clean, maybe there is a bit of background noise, something like that. I make some notes for the show notes. I add the, the intro, the outro, these kind of things. So if an episode is 30 minutes long, my editing shouldn't take more than, let's say, 35, 40 minutes at the most. And, and people sometimes really hang up, get hanged up with the, with the editing and they want it to be perfect. But the reality is that we are the worst critic of ourselves and there's nothing we do that honestly feels like it's perfect. So why to kind of get stuck with, with that specific thing? How do you decide what to talk about with your guests as well? Yeah, that's a great question. So, and I can, I can share some. So if you want, I can also start to touch on how I got those guests on my show because it ties also into this question. Okay. So I'm going to, so, so I mean, that's, that's another question I had for you, which is obviously you've had people like John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, Joel Com, Hal Elrod. Jordan Harbinger, Michael Port, that's just to name a few people. So yeah, I'd love to know how you got those people on your show. Yeah, yeah. So as I said, the, like these two questions really tie together because the number one place I, I, I kind of, I leverage for connected with influencers and to some people it may sound weird is Amazon. And people what? will be squat. Exactly. You see, exactly. Yeah, the reason why I use Amazon, and there is a specific section of Amazon. So I always keep an eye on the on the book section of Amazon about new business books. And the reason why I do that is mm. that when somebody has a book coming out, and often with Amazon is so that we can make the book available for pre-order which means that we as consumers or potential readers, we're going to know in advance, okay, the book is going to be published two months from now, three months from now. So what that tells me is that, and I, I did it with, with many of my guests, for example, with Michael Port, with Jay Bear, who is the president of Convince and Convert. And, you know, I have no shame in saying this, that had I reached out to them at a different time, they may have said not because they are very, very busy people, but because right. they had a book coming out, that's the time. And it can be even a product launch. It can be, you know, something that people have coming out. That's the best time when they are more likely to say yes because they're looking right. for promotion. So that's the thing I do. So once, obviously, I reach out to the influencer, it can be, you know, really anybody, or even if it's, you know, somebody I want to interview who isn't considered an influencer for me, everybody can really be a great guest, regardless of whether they are tagged or not or labeled or not as influencers. Anyway, once I've identified the guest, I start to look, if it's a book, obviously, I, I take a look at the book. You know, I, I won't say that, yeah, I read every book from top to bottom because I'm right. a very busy person. So in some cases, I will kind of browse through the book, read here and there. I come up with a list of points of discussion. And I always like to say questions slash points of discussion. And you, Daniel, you experienced this yourself when I interviewed you for my podcast, because I really like to keep things conversational. And I think it's important to give your guest an idea of where you'd like to go with the conversation. But also, I like to keep room for for conversation so I'm, I'm not gonna say so I'm not gonna say well sorry we didn't touch on question number three so let's go back to that <laughs> that's not what I do but so to really answer your question when it comes to organizing them what to talk about if somebody has something like a book it's very very easy because you could simply look at the table of content look at the you know those that you think would be the most relevant for your audience and you can focus on those if it's somebody who doesn't have anything, you know, specific to talk about. So whether you interview that person today, six months from now, it wouldn't make a difference. What I usually do is I obviously I look at, our, at their content, even if it's somebody who I'm really familiar with, I still look at their content. And when I see some, something that really piques my interest and I think would be good for my community, I look for more content that ties around the same topic whether it's blog, uh, blog posts, podcast episodes. And I will also look for interviews. So these guests being interviewed on other shows. And this is, again, something that I can do all the time. But when I have the time, I'll also listen to one or two interviews of these guests. If I don't have the time, I, I build my 
kind of list of points of discussion based on some things they discuss in a specific blog post or in a specific podcast episode or even in a series of pieces of content because sometimes you can really build a theme around let's say three blog posts or two blog posts and a podcast episode so that's kind of how I I formulate the points of discussion for each interview very cool I mean, you also, you managed to get to the top position in iTunes. And how did you manage to get to get to the first spot? <laughs> That's a good question. And, you know, about new and noteworthy, there is really a big debate because by the time we're recording this, I recorded quite many interviews for the Podcast Success Summit. And it's interesting how some people really have kind of opposite views when it comes to new and noteworthy. But what I did with new and noteworthy, I used uh, an approach that was very simple. First of all, when I was thinking of starting a podcast, I reached out, you know, the first people are going to be your friends and family that you ask for support. And obviously, you want to extend to that because, sure, a friend can help you out, but probably won't be interested in the long term. And also, if you then think about business, your friends aren't really going to be your target customers. But what I did I, is I created a launch team. So I reached out to a series of people. Mm-hmm. And and obviously for me, with the first, actually, it's, it's better that I put it this way, because the 360 Entrepreneur was my first and my second podcast. When I launched my first podcast, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I just <laughs> wanted to have a, you know, I wanted to have a podcast. I didn't even notice anything about New and Noteworthy until maybe two or three weeks. I was in a, in a spot that I had no idea. I was in the middle of everything. I had no idea what I was doing because I wasn't really strategic about the podcast itself in terms of, okay, I want to launch with a bang and keep growing and these kind of things. With the 360 Entrepreneur, on the other hand, I wanted to be more strategic. I really wanted to be right there at the top. And my show hit number one in four or five different categories. And just the other day, I actually got some Google alert that player.fm, which is a kind of repository of podcasts, has included my podcast as one of the best I think how they call it best entrepreneurial interview based shows or something like that. So wow. I was really honored. But in terms of really the launch strategy and, and this is, this is the way it has worked for me. And people may think, oh, okay, he reached out to 200 people. No, no, no. I think I had a pool of maybe 20, 30 people, something like that. And the first thing I said, I asked for, for people to actually take a moment to listen to the podcast because you really want to have people live honest reviews and ratings. There is no point in just kind of bribing people to give you reviews and hitting subscribe because you want people to hit subscribe if they're generally interested in the show. So most of the people agreed to help out. And then I kind of planned out a launch sequence where instead of saying, hey, guys, my show is on iTunes now. Everybody help me out. I split it up. So let's say I had 30 people on my quote-unquote launch team. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something I would do again if we were to launch a podcast today, you and I, Daniel, I would say, okay, we have 30 Let's people. do it, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> we have 30 people. I would say, okay, we want to have 10 to 15 people on day one to really give a push to the podcast. And then in the following days, we want to have a couple of people listening in, subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews. So instead of pushing everything, you know, on day one and then everything kind of dies, you want to, to make it more organic. So if, if we were to look at a graph, the, the kind of spike wouldn't be as sharp as if everybody would give the push on day one. But I think that definitely has an impact long term for the whole weeks that you are on you and not worthy. So that's my advice. Obviously, at the end of the day, you know, being in you and not worthy, being number one, being number 27, whatever, is not really going to completely make or break your podcast. So that's not something that people should maybe feel discouraged if they already have a podcast and it wasn't really at the top of new and noteworthy. Right. Now, and also besides for sharing the episodes on you know, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, how else do you promote them? Yeah. So, and I've talked about this on International Podcast Day. And it's funny because sometimes we as podcasters are so focused on the next episode that we really forget about the repository of valuable content we may already have. And I really learned this lesson when I was, let's say, tweeting my Mm -hmm. first podcast, The Jazz Spotlight, and an artist was she maybe saw episode 60 something and tweeted i can't believe that i just found out about this great show only now and that really 
opened my eyes because it made me realize that there are people who may not be interested in the content I'm sharing in this last episode, but the, the episode number two or number four, whatever, would be a perfect fit for them. So the first message is to really don't forget about your old content and when possible, try to re-promote it. And one thing I like to do that obviously requires some work but can have a big impact also for your for your brand and for your authority is guest blogging. And I really believe in the power of repurposing content. And I've guest blogged for, for different sites in different niches also. I've even written for a, a magazine called Founder Magazine. So it's a business magazine. I've written for both their blog and the digital magazine. And the content there, I would use for example, a specific podcast episode or let's say the main takeaways of a specific episode or a series of episodes as kind of the pillar or the, the body of the post. Mm. And then obviously I will add, you know, my own thoughts. I will look for relevant information, some data and this kind of thing. But that's really something I would say that not even 1% of the podcasters do this because everybody just wants to create more and more and more and more, but they don't think that you are focused so much on a specific place, let's say iTunes, and you don't realize that there may be somebody who would be a perfect listener for your show, even a perfect customer for what you may have to offer, but they're missing out because they aren't on iTunes. So maybe they come across you originally through a guest post you have written or even writing an art, a short article on, on LinkedIn or, or Medium.com can really go a long way in getting people to know what you do and then becoming subscribers and then taking the next step. So my advice would be really to try to think outside the box. And I'm not telling this to say, well, yeah, you just snap your fingers and you're going to get thousands of downloads. But it's really about, again, thinking strategically, because if you guest post, first of all, you become a better writer. You you get more visibility for your business, for your brand, for your show. And also you build authority because people are going to see, oh, OK, who is this Daniel Geffen? Oh, OK, interesting. He's been featured here. OK, let me let me check out what he does. And also, in some cases, some sites may allow you to also offer other loadable resource, which means that that's also a good way to grow your email list. People listening to this will probably be thinking, that sounds amazing, but how do you get onto those blogs? How do you, how do you become a guest blogger? In other words, how do you, right. you know, yeah. how do you do that? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I mean, obviously, you have to be passionate about writing and you have to be a writer. And what I mean by being a writer, I told you my background is in journalism, so I already have some experience with writing. But I had a podcast episode, and I'm happy to share the link with you, Daniel, so that you can put it in the show notes, where I actually, the whole episode, it's a solo session. I talk about uh, guest blogging, and I use what okay. I call a guest blogging pyramid. And here's how it works. There are three layers. At the top of the layer, you should put the largest sites in your industry, those you'd like to be a contributor for. And then you know that it's, you know, you really know you want to be there. They have hundreds and thousands of readers every month. You really want to be there. Once you've identified that, you should identify second layer sites, which are sites that are a bit smaller than those sites, but are still authoritative. And you have more, uh, you are more likely to be accepted as a guest post contributor. Also, because by the way, you have to keep in mind that many sites, regardless of their size, they're going to ask you for some samples of your article. So it wouldn't look good on you to reach out to, I don't know, entrepreneur.com or Forbes.com or whatever with no experience because they're going to ask you, ah, oh, can you link to a couple of articles you've written and you have Zippo. So you have those big sites there. You have the kind of medium level and then there are the low hanging fruits. And those are the sites I really would encourage people to focus on, especially when starting out. And those are sites that can be smaller, but they are relatively more open to accept writers. And one of the, the great ways to really uh, be a guest blogger is to leverage your podcast. So if you have an interview based show, why not to interview the editor? or the founder of the publication, obviously, mm -hmm. if it's in line with your with your show and, and provides value to your audience. But really, you should think about your podcast as a strategic tool. 
And you right. reach out to them, you start and have a great conversation. And if you see that you guys click, you, they may even be them who tell you, hey, by the way, do you do any writing? Because we are looking for contributors. So that's how, how you could leverage your podcast to get started. After you start with some of those low-hanging fruits, you can build it from there, reach out to larger ones, to larger ones, so that when it's the time that you actually go to the very top and they ask you, for a few samples, you're actually going to have a good list of samples that you can really choose from so that you put your best work forward. Amazing. Thank, that, that, was, that was really, really good information. You're now busy, very busy, with launching <laughs> the Podcast Success Summit. Can you right. explain to our listeners what that is? Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks for, for asking, Daniel. So, is the, is the virtual summit for about podcasting. So some people may wonder, okay, Daniel, Jan, what is a virtual summit? I have no idea. And, and that's okay, because I didn't know about virtual summits too until I attended a few. So a virtual summit is a sort of digital conference. So everything is done online. And the way it works is that you can go to, I know, Daniel, you will have the link in the show notes there so people can, can sign up through that. And basically, you sign up for free. And every day, so the summit starts on May 16th. And every day, from there forward, you're going to get an email with access to a series of video interviews. So those interviews are pre-recorded. They aren't live, but they really give you access to some of the top, and I mean top podcasters, podcasting experts and entrepreneurs in the world. And I'm talking about people like Jolly Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire, Nathan Chen from Founder Magazine, Jordan Harbinger from The Art of Charm, which is a podcast that it's almost every single day really at the top of iTunes. I'm talking about New York Times bestselling author Joel Com. There is Pamela Slim, Subi Zimmerman, and then people from different podcasting organizations and events like Podcast Movement, UK Podcasters, International Podcast Day. And it's really an international event because we also going to have somebody from Nigeria who has built the continent's biggest community for entrepreneurs and podcasters, which is pretty cool. Somebody from Australia, somebody from New Zealand. So every day you get access to a few sessions and you have a window of time of three days to watch every session completely for free. So you just give your email and then you get emailed every day the, the sessions of the day. And then people may think, okay, but over 70 speakers, that's like quite a lot of, of hours yeah. of video. So what if I want to watch it, you know, next the month after or whatever. So for that, there is the lifetime access pass. So it's a pass where you actually have to pay. But here's the thing. You're going to have access not only to the, the video and the audio of each session that you can really watch and rewatch whenever you want from any device, but there's also a series of bonuses. And I can tell you that the value of the bonuses alone is over 2000 bucks. And the starting price of the lifetime access pass is $97. And, wow. and to even capitalize more on that, I said a series of bonuses. One of these bonuses is actually some exclusive Q&A calls with me and some of the speakers, which means that if you watch a specific session, you have any question really, you can reach out to the two of us live and ask questions that really relate to your podcast or the podcast you're planning on launching and your business. And one thing I'd like to add is that mm. the summit is really for, for a few different people. Obviously, it's for people who want to start a podcast. <laughs> That's a no-brainer. But it's also for people who already have a podcast because we're going to have different type of topics covered. So from really from A to Z, we're going to have different ways to monetize a podcast, different ways to grow an email list to a podcast. So also advanced stuff. But this summit is something I really would encourage everybody to check out, even if they aren't interested in starting a podcast, but they're thinking about, okay, I would like to be featured on podcasts, being interviewed, share my message with the world, promote my business, because we also have a few sessions that focus only on being a great guest from, you know, the equipment you need, from how to find shows, how to reach out, what to do once they say yes, and you're, you know, you're really on the spot and you have to make sure that you rock the interview. So that's the Podcast Success Summit. You know what's amazing, Jan, is that, you know, in, in, back in the day, if you wanted to get on the TV, for example, 
or if you wanted to get onto the radio, that was like a huge deal. And you did you didn't right. get onto TV or radio unless you had mega mega bucks or unless you did something really crazy, right? Right. Now in in 2016, you can get onto a podcast show where there could be thousands of downloads, people listening, and you could be talking about yourself and your business, and the exposure is incredible. Because it's, it doesn't cost you any money. It, it takes maybe half an hour of your time to go on the show. And if you're doing, you know, even just one show every month, that's incredible exposure by the end of the yeah. year that you've had. Yeah. And it doesn't cost you any money. And you know what? Podcasters like myself and Jan are always looking for good quality guests. And so if you've, if you've got a story to share about your company, you know, then We'll have you on the show. I'm, I'm speaking for myself. Jan, I'm sure, would also be very happy to have. So this is incredible because I'm going to put the link in, my, in the show notes, and I would encourage anyone listening to, to, to check out this uh, podcast virtual summit because even as Jan just said, even if you're not thinking about starting a podcast, but you want to get free exposure for your business as, uh, and becoming a guest, I'm sure that uh, you're going to find you know, how to become a guest, how to get out there, how to get exposure, um, mm-hmm. and what to do to get onto those shows. Now, yeah. one, thing I wanted to, one thing I wanted to ask you, Jan, as well, is you know, Hal Elrod from The Miracle Morning said the following. After being interviewed on over 200 <laughs> podcasts, I could say without hesitation that Jan is one of the best interviewers I have ever come across. Now, that's incredible. <laughs> that is really – Jan – what do you think makes a great interviewer? Yeah, I mean, well, thank you. You you make me blush. And I would like simply to, before I answer your question, to add one quick thing about the summit, because you said it is really for everybody. And to tell you also something else about Snapchat. You and I were quickly talking about Snapchat before the call. And we're going to have Mark K, who is an expert about Snapchat. And when I talk about he's an expert, I'm talking about that he has been sharing teaching snapchat for over a year so mm-hmm. i wanted to add that so that you really see that even if you're maybe interested in new platforms and not on on starting your own show you get value now what makes a great interviewer that's a great question and i mean i can tell you what, what i've learned and i had the luck to because of my podcasts i've had the luck to really come across all kinds of people so in the music industry for example i've really gone from multi-Grammy award-winning artists to wow. music industry experts to top festival directors to more ordinary people. So I think that the first tip I would have for you is obviously I understand that everybody, especially when starting out, they want to go after influencers. And I'm not going to tell you not to do that. But I would also like you to think about this thing when you're considering you know, who to interview, and then Daniel, I'll really go into what makes a great interviewer, in my opinion, is that you should keep in mind that there are people in your space who are pretty much at your level, and there are people who you may be able to collaborate with, because let's be honest, when we talk about real, doing real, real business, it's going to be more difficult to do business with some of the A-A-A-listers, because they have so much on their plates. But if you think about somebody who's in your industry, a podcast can be a great way to really just break the ice and then can turn into a business opportunity. And I mentioned in my case, for example, the virtual summit. So the, the only person who's really standing in your own way is yourself. So if you put a goal, you're gonna really crush it if you believe in that. Now, when it comes to interviews, I really think that it's important, in my opinion, to, to leave room for discussion. And I think, Daniel, you do a great job because obviously as the hosts of the show, we kind of have to make sure that we are steering the ship. So, you know, we have some questions ready, these kind of things. But what you do, and I think it's something not many hosts do, and it's something I really try to do, is to really listen to what your guest is saying. Because sometimes your guests say something totally unexpected, and that really makes your brain work and really makes questions pop up. And, you know, you may have five questions on your mind, and after the second question, the conversation is so great that you're going to throw the other three questions out of the window and that's okay so try to well, be I've already done that I've got five <laughs> questions I just dumped because of this uh, conversation <laughs> you see so so that's, that's this is an example I mean I hope people are enjoying this but it's true I really believe it and I can tell you that because I also as people can see I also sit on this side of the microphone and I've been interviewed on some shows where 
I could tell that, okay, this is just, uh, you know, this is not a real conversation because mm. if the show is uh, 40 minutes and before the show I get a list of 30 questions, come on, that's like one minute per question, give or take. It doesn't mm. really leave room for conversation. So as, a, as an interviewer, you want to, first of all, be prepared, but that's really a no-brainer. Leave room for conversation and for the unexpected. And also something I like to do, there are a couple of things. First of all, before hitting record, let your guest know if the podcast is edited. So, And the reason why I say this is that you and I, Daniel, are in front of the microphone quite often. We start, I mean, I'm sure you now also feel comfortable. <laughs> I don't remember even the last time I felt uncomfortable <laughs> behind the mic. But the point is, you may come across people who you actually don't know, but the interview with you is going to be their first interview. So they may be a bit nervous, but at the moment you tell them the podcast is edited. So if there are some hiccups, some small technical problems, don't worry that I edit out. I've literally have seen some people just just sigh and feel more relaxed. So I think right. it's important to keep that in mind. Now, when it comes to the whole interview, there is one key ingredient that I think is probably something that has impressed people like Hal or like Jordan Harbinger, who also told me that yeah, I liked my style, is that I like to surprise my guests. And surprising your guests is something that is relatively easy to do. First of all, you should make sure that they have a good time. This is also a, a thing I was about to forget. And how do you know that? If they are laughing, you can hear if they're energized, they're having a good time. When it comes right. to surprising your guest, that's something I love to do. And I can really see the reaction. So what I like to do is, for example, let's say I interview somebody about his or her new book. So we're going to be talking about the book here and there. But then if I know that this person, let's say during the summer, is going to be on a, on a speaking tour around the States or whatever, they're going to be speaking at a big conference, I will ask them, okay, so I know that in August you're going to be talking at this conference. What can we expect? Or if I know they have a podcast and we really didn't touch much on the show, I will ask them, okay, so I know that people can also listen to you every week on the blah, blah, blah show. So can you tell all of us more about what we can expect? And I tell you, 90% of the time, the first thing that will come out of the mouth of, of the guest who is about to answer the question is, oh, thank you for asking, or oh, thank you so much, or wow, okay, this, this was unexpected. So I think that's right. a great way to re really kind of give them the floor to promote themselves a little bit and sure you're gonna come across the one who's just just wants to promote his book that's the only thing he or she has in mind but you're also gonna learn from experience so to recap be prepared make your guest feel at ease so let them know if the podcast is edited these kind of things and then make sure that you leave room for, for discussion and you really, really listen to what your guest is telling you. And you also don't be afraid to reiterate on what they say or add your two cents. Even if you're interviewing somebody who you think is a god or a guru in your space, it's, <laughs> it's a conversation. So it should really be the person puts an input, you also put an input and it makes for a great conversation. And the last tip is really don't be afraid to have a good time have your guests have themselves a good time and also surprise them. Give, the, give, them, give them a shout out. If it's somebody who you've been a big fan of for some time or you have a funny anecdote, do that. And Daniel, I have to warn your listeners because people who are going to watch the, the podcast Success Summit, they're going to see it. I, with some of the people I interview, we start off by goofing off. Maybe I wear a funny T-shirt that I think looks like the, the guest expert or this kind of thing. So we, we are professionals. We are in business. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't leave time for a bit of fun and a bit of laughter. Well, Jan, I'm about to surprise you. You're All right. Is it Christmas already? <laughs> or my oh, friend? here we go. You know how you said before that, uh, oh, Daniel, you're making me blush. Well, I hope I don't make you blush too much over here. But um, I want to share something special with my audience. Jan reached out to me and asked if I could be a guest on his show. This was about um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And of course, I was honored and I said, yes, for sure. Now, what was incredible was that Jan spent an hour with me after the show sharing with me things that have helped me improve <laughs> my show, 
He even offered to, to introduce me to all his contacts, which I wanted to interview on my show. And you know what? I, I took you up on this offer, Jan, and I wanted to see, you know, is this guy for real? Because everybody says, you know, yeah, oh, just let me know if you need anything, you know, just let me know. And people say that all the time, but I, I wanted right. to see if you were for real. And so I put you to the test. I actually went onto your <laughs> website. I looked at all the people you interviewed and I picked the top 15 people whose brains I would love to pick. And you know what? I sent, I sent you an email, okay? And within a few days, okay, you sent me and people emails introducing me to them and, and saying, this is Daniel uh, Geffen and uh, he, he has this podcast and, you know, I, I, I think you'd be a good guest on his show. And you know what? After a couple of days, I've already received a handful of positive replies from, from these Great. people. It's, Great. it's absolutely incredible. And, I, and I'll tell you something. The reason I'm sharing this with my listeners is this. We live in a world where we think that the way to succeed is to fight for the market. We think that the way to the top is by stepping on the heads of other people in our space. We feel, <laughs> we feel scared of the competition. We, feel, we think that we have a limited and scarcity mindset. But you, Jan, you are forward-thinking. You see the opportunity for collaboration. You realize that there is an abundance out there and that when we work together, we gain. We don't lose out by helping people. And you know what? It was a huge lesson for me, and I hope I never forget that. Man, it's, it's great. I'm... I'm always happy to help you and you know i'm not i'm really transparent so i have no problem to say that for example in your case i told you that some of the people i was ready to introduce they they have told me so i i into i had introduced them previously to some people and then they told me look i you know i'm always happy to take new interviews but at the moment i'm really picky because you know i have a book coming out and my schedule is crazy these kind of things but you're you're right i mean i'm i'm in this because i really believe that if i help you and you succeed, I know that, you know, I be really believe in karma. I know that that's going to do some good for me at some point. And I don't do it because I think, oh, okay, I help Daniel. And then, you know, one day he's going to help me back. I'm like, hey, if I help you with some advice and you can move forward, great. I know that I'm going to have a friend first and foremost who is who I've been able to help. And you talked about kind of, you know, the way to success and often how we perceive it. But here's the thing. Even though there may be somebody out there who's doing the kind of same thing you'd like to do, you have to keep in mind that nobody can replicate you. You have your own potential, your own personality, and you shouldn't really let that stop you from, you know, collaborating, introducing people, reaching out and, and try to be interviewed, really. Just, just, just do it. What's the worst that can happen? Right. Very briefly, Jan, what are, the, what are your favorite online tools that have, you, that have helped you to become more productive that you can share with the listeners? Yeah, sure. There are a couple tools when we talk about productivity. So as a kind of podcaster, but this really applies even if one is a coach, it doesn't matter. If you are into communicating with people and you have to keep in mind schedules, especially in this global world, it's crazy with time zones. So I use a tool called Calendly, which I love. Yeah. And uh, what Calendly allows you to do is you set up your availability. So let's say, for example, for being a podcast guest, if the only time slots you are, have available are on uh, Wednesdays from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. your time, you, you put that, and what happens is, instead of every time asking, okay, when, when is a good time for you? When isn't a good time for me? Blah, blah, blah. You simply say, okay, here's the link to my calendar. Pick a date and time that works for you. So this has really helped me because I host two podcasts, interview people from all over the world at this very moment. I'm also organizing a podcast on top of that. I have the clients. So if I didn't have Calendly, I would be a mess. And it integrates with Google Calendar which is great. So I get a notification, you know, before a call so that I don't, I don't miss on anything. So Calendly is definitely one for organization. When it comes to, to the content and this kind of things, there are two tools that have really helped me save a lot of time. One is called CoSchedule. And I did even a YouTube video where I said that with CoSchedule, it took me about 20 minutes to come up with over two months worth of content. What? Yeah, it took me about 20 minutes, and I'm talking about content for a podcast, blog post, and YouTube channel. Now I don't use the YouTube channel so much, but back then it was also for videos. And the way CoSchedule works is that basically it takes or it allows you to do the whole 
process from brainstorming to the writing to the actual promotion from the same place. So a course schedule, I think that now they have also the option to do it on their site, but it also works as a WordPress plugin. So if you have a WordPress site, you can you can install it and you can brainstorm there. You can schedule the things, you can write the content, and you can also already create the social media post so that then once everything is there, it's done and you don't have to go and check buffer or check that other thing. So cost schedule is one tool. And the other tool is called social oomph. And mm. what that does is is a, is a social media scheduler. So people may think, okay, Jan, but you just talked about cost schedule. So why another tool? Here's the thing. Tools like Hootsuite and Buffer, for example, which are very, very yeah. popular, they have a problem that if you have some evergreen content, and really it doesn't matter if it's a video, an article, an infographic, a podcast episode that you would like to share with your community over time. And by over time, I don't mean every single minute because that's called spamming. <laughs> if you would like <laughs> yeah. to do that with something like Hootsuite and Buffer, you have two options. Either you write the first, let's say for Twitter, for example, which is a very dynamic platform. Either you write the tweet, you send it, and then you have to write a new one, or you copy the tweet, you send it, and then you paste the tweet for, you know, next month or whenever it is you want to reshare that content. With Social Oomph, on the other hand, you can create some kind of libraries of content. So you can put, for example, all your podcast episodes, all your blog posts, and then you tell Social Oomph, okay, from this specific library, pick out a piece of content, let's say, every six hours. Wow. Once you've put in the work at the beginning, you can put it that runs, that runs indefinitely, which means that even if now I were to go on vacation for five months and I would have no access to the internet, my community would still see my content being shared and be reshared. So it, Social Oomph is, is really a time saver. And some people use a tool called Edgar, which has similar features, but Social Oomph is a bit cheaper. So if you have, if you're listening to this and you have content, maybe a podcast or something like that, that you know that is going to be relevant also a few months from now, a few years from now, that's a tool I would really encourage you to check out. Wow. Jan, what's the best way for my listeners to get in touch with you? Well, the best way is definitely through the, the Podcast Success Summit. And the reason why I say this is that I would I would invite everybody to go on my site. But when you join the summit, I mentioned you're going to get some emails and you get those from me. So you're going to see my email address. I don't automate my emails. I don't have an assistant taking care of my emails because I really want to build the connection myself. So if you go to the show notes, you click the link, just sign up for the summit for the free pass. See if you like it. Anyways, I'm the one sending you the emails, so you can then hit reply or even just add my email address to your contacts and email me whenever you want. That's the best way, I would say. And obviously, I know, Daniel, you would also link to my site in the show notes so people can do it from there. But I would encourage everybody to just go to Hop on the Summit to get the value and to see my email address there. And in any ways, I can also share it. That's Jan at Yanilunga.com. But really, I'm always happy to connect with people. You said it, Daniel, to help people. And people may think, okay, this guy is not really busy. He dedicated one hour to Daniel. Well, I can tell you that, for example, tomorrow I'm going to have a series of six interviews back to back. So I'm often wow. pretty booked, but it's important really to try to extend a hand and, and try to help people in, in our community without having a particular agenda. Jan, you are a podcast powerhouse and more importantly, <laughs> a really, a really great guy. Thanks so much for letting me pick your brain. Thank you to all my fellow listeners for tuning in. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.